Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Blinker Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now today, once again, like I was last week, joined by another recurring guest, Turner Sports, Bleacher Reports, big-time Eagles fan, even though Eagles fans might not realize it, Adam Lefko. Adam, thanks for coming back on From the Bleachers. You know, I, I thought it was important to come on From the Bleachers because I need to speak to the sensible Eagles fans. I had people in my mentions saying that I was a casual, that I came around only because of the Super Bowl. Uh, Even though for Bleacher Report, I host a podcast with the greatest running back in the history of the Eagles, Brian Westbrook. I was told that, oh, Adam doesn't even want to have a black co-host. Meanwhile, it's Brian Westbrook. I, uh, that video that I post, I, I just, just give everyone, a, everyone a background. I sure, got so, tweeted as I'm at sure you've all Brandon. known. Yeah, please go for it. Yeah. So Friday, we're recording this Monday night. So this past Friday was Nick Sirianni, new Eagles head coaches, introductory press conference. Obviously everyone who sees it, you could be critical of them. You could be kind of understanding, but it was undeniably awkward and he was certainly nervous and had jitters. Making matters worse, he's in an empty room talking to people virtually. Just kind of a weird situation all around. Just another weird factor that's going into the way the pandemic has changed the league. But Adam, in one of the many awkward moments, Sirianni had clipped a video of Nick talking that went completely viral. What do you have, like 10,000 retweets or something like that on it? So it is at 5.3 million views, 20,000 retweets. 43,000 likes. And if I go into the tweet activity, it is at 22 million impressions, 3 million engagements, which means likes or retweets. And because of it, people clicked on my profile 77,000 times. I was not expecting that. And the way that, the way that you just laid it out is the truth is the one thing I wish everybody knew is when a tweet goes viral, There is no planning, okay? I started getting tweeted at during the day and people were like, man, this Syriana presser is bad. And I went, okay. So I turned it on and I watched it. And the part that I clipped out, it was not a part where I was like, wow, this is exceptionally ridiculous. Most of the press conference was like that. I just took one part where I was like, well, this is a clean 40 seconds. I'll just set my in point out point and post it. And I posted it. Just as an Eagles fan, just as a, man, I I can't believe this. You've got to be kidding me. Because 
we have been taking the Eagles front office's word that this guy was impressive. What did he, oh, he didn't call plays? Okay, well, then I really can't ha- look at anything with Indy. Oh, he was a wide receivers coach with the Chargers? Okay, okay, well, let, oh, he was a quarterbacks coach. Oh, well, Phillip Rivers. Okay, so I don't really know what he's responsible because Phillip Rivers has been there for like 15 years. I don't know how much coaching he needs. So we've been under this impression that, oh, he just must wow at the interview. He just must have that Sean McVay look in your eye. You could just see it. And I did not comment on his ability to give speeches. Uh, I did not. I don't think that giving a bad speech at your first press conference is indicative of anything. I don't think I was just commenting, man, I'll, for a guy that was supposed to wow me, I'm not really feeling wowed right now. Of course, it turned into a commentary about Eric Bieniemy and the the fact of the Rooney Rule and all that. But I was really just putting that out there as an Eagles fan, going, "You've got to be kidding me! Like, this is what we're going to be listening to." And do I think it can get better? Absolutely. I think that Sirianni is going to have an opportunity in about four or five months to give a much more important speech, and that is when the Eagles are going to go to camp whatever training camp, mini camp it is, and all the players, they're going to be talking to each other the night before. And they're going to be like, man, how do you think this guy's going to do? I don't know. I don't know. And then they're going to give them the respect because they're a football team and they're going to give their coach respect. And that speech is the speech. And none of this matters. But for an Eagles fan to get upset that somebody like me was making fun of a coach when in reality As an Eagles fan, you should be having a very healthy amount of skepticism about everything. And the fact that all of these decisions have been made, I just, I just think it's crazy. And it just, it was the first time that I had really felt the wrath of Eagles fans. And it, it really explained to me a lot of what the national media faces. Uh, and it just, I don't know. If you're an Eagles fan and you left there going, just give them a chance, I would ask yourself, why are you just giving blind chances? What about this franchise and the way that they've moved makes you think that this is the way to go? So I, that's just the way the things that I would add. And looking at the reaction from you know the circle of Eagles Twitter I'm in, and you obviously weren't alone in criticizing Sirianni both nationally and locally, but much like it is with a lot of Philadelphia sports situations, it kind of reminded me of Gritty in a way. If you remember when Gritty was rolled out a few years back. Philly fans were just like, what the F is yes. this thing? And everyone was crapping on it. And then nationally, people were doing the same thing. It was like, whoa, whoa, wait, this is our guy. You can't say that. We can say it. It turned into this ironic mm. thing that became kind of a, a cultural phenomenon briefly. But I, I think the that. issue here is with you, you are a big brand guy. Looking at your Twitter p- profile you might not initially know that you're a huge birds guy, that you're a Philly area guy. So I'm looking at your profile now. You have Adam Lefko, great name, NBA on TNT, TNT Tuesdays, Bleacher Report, Lefko Show, your IG handle, your TikTok handle, George Floyd Memorial Fund, fantastic. But and then it says you live in NYC. So you're to right. the so I don't average really Philadelphian have fan, bird. no, yeah. you do have a picture with Barkley. But he's technically a co-worker in that sense. So it's not right. necessarily like, oh, I, I'm from Philly area. I grew up loving the Sixers, watching Barkley. It's, oh, 
um, you know, I work with one of the greatest, most entertaining analysts in sports today. Okay, watch this. I'm going to do this live. Let's see if I can get okay. this down. I'm going to go in here. Bang. Okay. Take a look. Is that enough? What I just did. Right, Refresh. I, I want to, let me close the app and then bring it back. Very simple. All I, I just threw an eagle emoji in there. Is that enough? No, probably not. It, it looks weird next to the George Floyd thing. It looks like it, right. just okay. being frank. It looks like an American patriotism thing mixed with the George Floyd. You're right. Okay. I'm going to delete it. I'm going to, br- I'm going to workshop it. I'm going to come up with some, because I, like- I can't, you don't need to rush it. You don't need to rush yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. I'm going to work on that. I think though, um, I think though it's look, uh, because of all this happened and he really was like, man, I was even upset looking at like the, the Instagram Snapchat video they made where he was talking and Dude. it's, I, I don't I don't need him to be Chuck Knoll, but for me it was just like I felt like we got sold a bill of goods. Where the thing that you can always say about a coach that no one can prove is he killed it in the interview. You know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. no way to prove. Who didn't kill it in the interview? They got hired, right? Right, and so um, that that was that's my issue. I went back and looked at his whole coaching life. The fact that he started off under Todd Haley at Kansas City, and then he moved to San Diego. He was flipping back and forth between quarterback coach and wide receiver coach, and he's got some Ken Wisenhunt in him. And I think really in the end, I don't know if he killed the interview or they called Frank Reich and said, what do you think? And he said, I love this guy. I will tell you, that I hit up some players at the stops that he's been at. Some that are all pros. And I asked them, well, because I need to do a little bit of research. I can't just go out there and speak like an idiot. And one of the guys who I really respect, I simply asked him, I said, do you you think this guy's a head coach? And he just responded, hell yeah, exclamation point. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, Because the former players don't need to stand up for the guy. They really don't. No. And so I talked to a few, um, and like I said before, I do not think that him being nervous is a bad indicator of, of, or is a, is a true indicator of what his success is going to be. But at the same point, it does make me think about Monday mornings when he's got to get on the phone with Angelo Cataldi and how rough that could be. Like that could be really bad. Yeah. I think back to Doug's first press conference. And that didn't go as well. It certainly wasn't as awkward as this. And I think Doug eventually got the handle with the media in town and obviously had the great success on the field he had for a couple of years certainly added to that. But the one thing I thought was even weirder than the press conference itself on Friday was, do you follow the Eagles on Twitter? I'm assuming you do. Yes. They did a kind of minute by minute video clips like every five minutes they were posting a 45 second clip of his commute from the airport to the Novacare to when he's in the Novacare. Like the first video that post is swoop at PHL dancing, waving it around as the flight is coming down at PHL as if they just hired, you know, Bill Belichick. Or like, do you know what I mean? Like, if Bill Check left the Patriots last year and they just hired him, or something, if they brought, you know, it's 1993 and they brought Bill Walsh out of retirement, and it was just 
shows him getting in the limo, getting out of the limo, the the helicopter chasing him, him walking in in the Novacare. And there were just a lot of tweets of it. It was weird. And I, I'm not alone there. Other Eagles fans were talking about it on Twitter. And it, it almost felt as if the franchise is going out of their way to try to convince you that this is the guy. You shouldn't be angry about the Peterson situation, even though obviously it was a divisive thing in the fandom. Do you want Doug to stay? Do you want to go? Obviously, you have to incorporate the fact that he won a Super Bowl here. He's a legend for what happened in the 2017 season and for holding together a bunch of terrible pieces in 2018, 2019 and taking the team to the playoffs. It seems like they want to diverge your thoughts of the quarterback situation, that whole controversy, what's going on with Wentz, which we can get into, but it it just felt very fake. Well, I'll say this. Number one, the only thing I'm upset about it is that it seems as if they've kind of jumped into John Clark's lane. Okay. Everybody in Philadelphia yeah. knows when somebody's landing on a plane, Co-worker. that's John Clark's territory. Okay. To get out of the way. I will say this though, that I think that my one friend said this to me one time, never assume malice. And I think that you are coming in with a jaded perspective, but I, I understand why. And so each jaded time guy. you see something, Yeah, yeah. but each time you see something, you're going, oh, they're only doing this because of this. The true thing is, is there has not been that many coaches in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, and Nick Sirianni is joining it, and it's a huge deal. And if you were working at the social media team for the Philadelphia Eagles, this is undoubtedly a game plan that they would have come up with with anybody else. The 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 pre-done social media of his past and all that, um, I, I think it's... I just think it's the general feeling that we have about this hire where we don't know anything. He doesn't have like um, a huge pedigree to go off of. He doesn't have the, um, I I guess, he seems like a good hang. Like he seems like a guy. Seems like a cool dude. Right. Good looking guy. I want to go out and hang out in the bar, you know. Talk to some but people in, at the bar, get acquainted, stuff like that. I but in, like you know, that. but in terms of, yeah, but in terms of the you know the the presence, that's what it didn't seem to have. So I'll just say that uh, the Eagles, I feel like, would do this with any head coach that they're hiring. Want him to you know show the whole entrance and all that stuff. Um, but I, I would bet that even they would admit, man, I, I wish he did a little bit better there. I that's the question that I have is you know. In between being hired and that, you had a week to really think of it out. And it really looks like to me that he kind of put some bullet points on a paper and was like, okay, we're going to talk about simplification. We're going to talk about, you know, intensity and all that. And really it should, man, just write it out. Like, just don't take the risk. Uh, And I, I just, I think it kind of blew up in his face. I saw he chatted with John Clark briefly today of NBC Sports. And John asked him about, hey, Twitter was kind of going all over, you know, saying it in a nice way. Obviously, Nick isn't dumb. He's aware of the reaction that occurred after the video, but saying, hey, people thought you were a little nervous, a little anxious. You know, can you speak about that in whatever way that Clark had said it? And he was self-aware about it. He made a kind of a quick quip about it, kind of in a self-deprecating style. So I think, obviously, it did not go well. Not that any you know, press conference is a definitive statement on the 
aptitude of a coach and how we perform in the NFL, but having a self-awareness there, having some humility there, I think is key in the immediate after fact of what happened. That's really the first thing we can judge him on is that press conference. And in the day since he said, Hey, I know it was a little off. Just like he's, he compared it to watching tape. He needs to look back at what he did, what he did poorly, what he did well, and kind of just get himself ready to face the media animal that is the yeah. you know, Philadelphia the, media market. Seamus, the thing that I didn't like, and first of all, one other uh, thing that I've seen, uh, shout out to Dave Spadaro uh, for looking like he's been benching all quarantine. I mean, the guy just looks like a physical marvel at this point. So I'm super happy for Dave. Never met him, but great pecs on the dude. Uh, I would just also say that the the only other thing that really upset me about the press conference was he was asked about Hertz and Wentz and said, I haven't thought about it. And I am... I, I do not need a coach to come in and tell us exactly how he feels and to give away team secrets. But I also hope that the young coach understands that the worst thing you can do with this fan base is lie to us and and think that we're not going to know. And so my thing is, all it takes is coming in and saying, listen, it's it's a situation. I like both of these guys. I really do. I'm excited to see them. And I think it will really, you know, flesh itself out once I get in the building. But to make a comment right now before I've even really met the guys, it's not fair. I think that's all it takes. And and so uh look, he was nervous. I totally get it. But also, then it also kind of falls on the Eagles, where, hey guys, can we uh you know, brainstorm a little bit for 30 minutes. I've never done this before. And I know here are some questions that you're going to get. And so that, that to me, maybe it's a preparation thing, but uh, I think we've now spent, you know, 17 minutes breaking down uh, this press conference, which will likely haunt me when the Eagles go 12 and four next year and people blame me. Well, I'm so excited for that. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's like when they won the Super Bowl, everyone dunked on whoever said, you know, the Wentz trade was bad, who the, the, the Doug trade or the Doug hire was nonsensical. He was underqualified. His his press conference was shaky and made him seem unqualified. But the thing is, sometimes you, you have to say what you feel. You can't be worried all the time of getting the blowback. If you're angry about something, not saying you were angry, but if you have a strong emotional reaction to something, especially as it pertains to the Eagles, something that we both love dearly, something that's a huge part of our lives, part of our personal and work lives. It's understandable to just say, what is this? Oh, Seamus, let me, let me just say really quick. Uh, I am just talking to your audience right now to be like, oh, Adam seems like a good guy. I really don't care. Like for me, the most important thing- This wasn't thing him orchestrating is- to come on as a defense. I just like Adam and I thought- he yeah, has some Sirianni no. takes. Let's have him on. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of stuff going on, but like that's what me and my friends were talking about in the group chat. Yeah. Like I'm in like three yeah. different Eagles chats, and I put that clip in there before I even put it on Twitter. And my friends are like, this is crazy. And and so for me, um, I think the thing that I've always loved about being an Eagles fan is I don't we we don't have to do anything. I think that we we went through a lot of times in this franchise where we were like, please, please be good. My happiness is relying on it. 
And for me, at least, the 2017 Super Bowl freed me up to like not be so fearful all the time. And we just fired a head coach that gave us our only Super Bowl, partially because according to reports, a quarterback that we traded a lot of assets for didn't like him. Of course, they gave him the opportunity. They said, we want you to look at other guys on your staff. He brought forth names that were underwhelming. I read those names. They were underwhelming to me too. And so I understood the franchise's decision to move on. I really did. Now, I would just like to say, because I'd love to transition to the fact that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, but I just think it's a very dangerous road to go down to be like, hey, Remember the quarterback that all the players in the franchise said, including Malcolm Jenkins, like two days ago, that he was emboldened by having too much power and yet not enough accomplishment, that we're going to say, oh, we still want him to be the starter and we're going to fire the head coach. Like, doesn't this seem more dangerous again? Doesn't it seem like we're giving Carson Wentz more power? Do I believe that Carson Wentz can turn it around and that he still has talent? Yeah, I do. But I also think it's a more dangerous road to go down. I also want to talk about how the fact that Carson Wentz has looked really slow all season, ever since he had that leg injury, and a huge part of his game mobility is completely declined, that he constantly looks down at the rush. He doesn't trust his teammates. His teammates don't trust him. And when Jalen Hurts went in there, sure, were his passing numbers not great? Not all the time. I mean, Donovan McNabb's numbers were awful his first year when he came in to replace Doug Peterson those last few games, but at least Jalen Hurts found a way to move the offense down the field, and the reason everybody was upset that they took him out of the game is because it looked like he was going to win it. So that means he would have been, what, two and one, you know, taking down the Saints? Like, I just just think it's a dangerous road where, yes, do we want to see what Carson Wentz can do with a new coaching staff? Sure. But does it also smell of the sunk sunk cost fallacy where the Eagles are like, wow, we gave up a lot of picks and we gave them a huge contract. We should try and make it work, even though it might not be the best decision anymore. It really does. And so that's why I, I get upset about all this is it's like a lot of decisions in a row where I'm going, it doesn't seem like we're having long thought here. It doesn't seem like we're having long-term investment thought. It sounds like we're trying to fix things that have already happened. And that's just not healthy in my mind. You think there's any way they would trade him? Or do you think of he's course. just so if, ingrained if, in their head? Yeah. Especially I mean, if, if, the, if the Stafford the Goff good, trade. In the words of Chris Rock, a man is only as faithful as his options. And so if they get a Stafford trade out there, I just I don't think there's any coach in the NFL right now that is clamoring to get Carson Wentz. And I think the only coach that we, that they had their, their minds set on was maybe Frank Reich because of the connection. But Chris Ballard is one of the most shrewd GMs in the NFL and giving up pieces for that when you already have Jacoby Brissett as a backup and you kind of can make any move uh, after another guy. And, and if I'm them, I'm going after a Sam Darnold more than I am a Carson Wentz. But um, I... It, it it just all depends on the option. I just don't see who's making that offer. I think we see now, after the golf trade, how hard it is to win a Super Bowl or contend for a Super Bowl seriously if you don't have a clear-cut 
not maybe not top six, not top eight, not top 12, a top five quarterback who's either making top money or on a rookie deal. If you have a guy on a rookie deal, he doesn't have to be a top five guy. Just looking at the way roster building is going. That if you have so much of your cap allocated to a guy who is merely above average, it seems impossible to surround him with the right kind of talent to elevate that team to a true championship level. And I think teams are actually realizing it this offseason and the coming one, we could see something along the lines of, I don't want to replicate the words quarterback factory, but I think we're going to move towards a trend where teams are more likely to cycle through quarterbacks on their rookie deals and maybe they franchise a guy for a year, maybe even they do the Kirk Cousins two years, but people are going to be increasingly reluctant to give average to slightly above average quarterbacks more and more record-breaking contracts. Two things, three things. Number one, I don't like giving front offices the excuse that it's hard to pay a quarterback and then fill out your roster. I just I feel like it's an easy cop-out for them to say. Number two, I do agree just with financially. you. Just financially. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, though, that a lot of NFL teams are going, you know what, maybe there's a way uh, that we can just cycle through these rookies and keep it low and finding arbitrage uh, and, a, and, a, and a way to take advantage of the white space in the NFL. The third thing I would also like to say is that uh, drafting, we're realizing, is a crapshoot. It is an absolute crapshoot. Yep. Between the years of 2009 and 2016, that is seven years, all of the quarterbacks drafted, that's as recent as five years ago, the only quarterback drafted from that span from 12 years ago to five years ago to still be on the team that drafted them is Carson Wentz. Think about that. So this is not just an Eagles. Among first rounders, right? First round quarterbacks. He's the only one. And first rounders. Yeah. And so when, when I look at it, I also want it to be said that part of the reason that I loved drafting Jalen hurts is because even if Carson Wentz, did what happened last year, which was underperform, the the combined salary of your quarterback room is still tenable. Is it crazy to be paying a backup quarterback like Carson Wentz $33 million? Sure. But is it easy to handle when the other quarterback is making less than a million? Yes. And so that's that's the thing that I want people to understand is yeah, is it is it hard to pay the rest? Sure, but if the quarterback room is making less than thirty five million, you're you're actually like barely in the top ten. You know, it's it's less than what they're paying in Atlanta and Indy and 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 a bunch of other places, Green Bay. So I just I think that you need to find the guy at quarterback, and I think that this will be a make or break year. And I think what I was hoping for because every report that came out, man, was. Carson Wentz needs someone that's going to hold him accountable. And that was really my fear that I took away from the press conference is, is that coach the guy that's going to be able to hold him accountable? Is he going to try and win him over and be his buddy? Because, hey, Frank Reich, I used to work for him. You liked him. Yeah. Or is he going to be able to hold him accountable? And it's going to come down to the quarterback coach and, and the OC and all that, but I just, I, I came away from that press conference. And I was like, I don't know if he's the guy to hold him accountable, but we'll see. It, it'll be a definitely an interesting energy for Carson Wentz this year. 
Uh, because as as Westbrook said on on the podcast to me, a lot of these players don't know what it's like to go to a new team. He said that when he went to San Francisco, it it kind of shocked him. Where here he was in Philly, and every time he walked into the facility, uh, the lunch people know him, the parking people know him, and and the the young players are like, oh wow, that's Brian Westbrook, and there's a respect. But when you go to somewhere else and they know that that other team didn't want you and that they they either cut you or they didn't sign you, they know that you're just another guy trying to get on the roster. And Carson needs to have that made clear to him that you're no longer the, 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 the chosen one. You're no longer the second pick in the draft where we're ready to build a statue and and the, the, the amount of kids being called Carson is rising in Montco. That's not a thing. You know, this is it, bro. And so that that's that's my my big my big curiosity is how does that get enforced going forward? You're talking about the OC and quarterbacks coach hires. What do you make of them hiring Brian Johnson, who was start start at Utah, was on the cover of NCA football ten, but was also someone who's known Jalen Hurts for most of his life and who Hertz's father had coached at one point. Do you think there's anything there where we initially say, oh, the Sirianni hire, there's the right connection. It seems obvious they're pandering to, towards Wentz. But then you see this quarterback's hire, quarterback's coach hire, we're thinking, man, that really feels like they're making a move for Hertz. And obviously, he could just be a great coach. And regardless of that, he's someone who should be a quarterback's coach on an NFL team. But it's impossible for both the Sirianni hire and this to ignore the connections they have to these respective quarterbacks. When I read the background of the quarterbacks coach, I got very excited because mm-hmm. um, look, I, I know that I'm a little bit further along than everybody else in my love for Jalen hurts. I'm with you. It. It's, it's for me. And I'm, I'm happy that you're there. For me, it's not just the what I see. Like what I see on the field is a guy that is never the moment is never too big for him. I just don't know how Eagles fans could have watched that Arizona Cardinals game and thought, you know what, I want to give Wentz another try. I just I don't know how anybody could have seen that. I don't know how anybody could have watched the New Orleans Saints game. Afterwards, I was talking to Craig Robertson, who is the linebacker for the Saints. And he was just blown away at Hertz, like blown away. He was like his ability to read and process and how fast he was. And it's to me, it's a cop out when people go, oh, wait until they get film on him. I'll never forget after Mahomes' first year and he wins MVP, I have Bart Scott on my podcast. And Bart goes, wait till they get film on him. Now they're going to be able to catch up. And I was like, Bart, you're, you're absolutely crazy. Like, I don't like... I just don't know what people watch sometimes. And so for me, I watched Carson Wentz in the red zone, throwing all over the place, never looking accurate, never looking comfortable. And then Jalen Hurts go in there with like barely even a week of reps as the one and perform like that. And to now know that the quarterback's coach has worked with him for this long and is a rising star in the profession. Do I automatically want them to give the ball to Hertz and be the starter? No. Like I, I, I'm genuinely saying 
Let's see how they handle the offseason. Let's see how he uh, learns the playbook. And then when they go out there in mini camp and training camp, because they're going to get extra time because it's a new head coach, let's see how they look out there. Um, and also because, you know, Hertz is, a, is still a, a younger guy whose body is still developing. Um, I, I want it to be a true competition. That's all I want. I want the best player possible to start for the Eagles. But my fear was that they were going to bring in, because I had seen all these other guys, a system made to help Wentz. But by throwing this guy in there, who look, he's not gonna he's not gonna be super partial to Hertz because he wants to rise up the ranks as a coach within the NFL. And if, if people know that he's biased, that's not gonna happen. But at least there's one guy there that has a connection that could really bring out the best in Hertz. The way that this team rallied around Hertz, the fact that you have stories where offensive linemen are going up to the owner and saying, we need to put in this other guy. I, I think Hertz is a physical specimen. The, the, his ability, his physicality, his speed, all of that. And the fact that I will almost guarantee you this is a storyline that I'm so interested in. And of course, it depends on COVID protocols and, and people's ability to travel and practice with each other. But this will always be the thing that Donovan McNabb would bring the wide receivers down to Arizona. Remember, that was always the thing. Oh, James Thrash and Todd Pinkston working yeah. out with Donovan McNabb in Arizona. Oh, T.O. not working out in Arizona. Oh, ho, ho. Mm. okay. Carson Wentz is probably going to do something like that. Jalen Hurts is going to do something like that. And I am already forecasting, I'm already seeing in my mind's eye that, oh, North Dakota, oh, Dallas Goddard shows up. Oh, man, who else? Uh, oh, Jordan Matthews trying to get in some reps. And then I can already <laughs> see Jalen Hurts in like Tuscaloosa with Nick Saban, and he's got Jerry Judy on one side. He's got the top pick in the draft, Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager goes down there. Greg Ward. Like, I can already see, because that's who this guy is. When people show you who they are, believe them. Carson Wentz, in my mind, has shown me who he is. Do I Will I give him a second chance? Hell yes, I will give him a second chance. Hell yes. Do I think he can go in there and change the way that he treats people and act with more respect and grind and focus on his things that he is inadequate? Absolutely. But he has already shown me who he is and Hertz has shown me who he is. So currently, Hertz has the benefit of the doubt. I am still going to give Wentz the opportunity, but it better be a battle. He better battle because I just, in my mind right now, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles and their future, and I'm excited about that, and I'm, I'm hoping Wentz can prove me wrong. Yeah, people will say to me, because I'm outwardly pretty pro Hurts as you are, oh, you want Carson to fail. I want him to fail. My life, my job would all be infinitely easier if he was awesome and the Eagles were in turn awesome. Why wouldn't I want that? It would make everything a ton easier for me. It'd make everything pleasant. Wouldn't make the fall miserable as it was this past year. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing is it in in my job, I always would rather be right than anything. But in terms of the Eagles, I'm happy to sure. be wrong. When they when they won the Super Bowl, it was it was a gag on our betting show every Thursday with Sims where I would bet against the Eagles. 
because they kept winning. They started the year like 10 and 0. And I was like, this is literally the only part of the show where I'm willing to lose money for the Eagles to win. That's how my brain operates. That my, my fiance said to me after the season, because she does not watch football, she, she came up to me and she hugged me and she said, I'm so sorry. And I said, why? And she goes, somebody recently asked if you were doing okay because the Eagle season has been bad and I have been paying attention. She goes, you've been handling it really well. And I was like, you know, I, I've been able to like kind of to separate myself emotionally this year. It's, it's been kind of nice, but I am, I'm sick. You know, I'm just like all the other Eagles fans out there that my Mondays are a lot different depending on what happens on Sundays. And so uh, there, there's nothing I want more than Carson Wentz to go back to the, to those first 14 games of that season. It was, it was like rooting for, you know, Patrick Mahomes. That's what it felt like. And he felt like the next, the next guy. He was, I, I have a clip where it's Brandon Marshall on set with me and Sims. And he goes, he's the future of this league. And I stood up because I couldn't handle it. I was, I was like so giddy. I was like, we got the guy. Not only did the Rams take Goff and they blew it, we got the guy. And so of course I wanted him to come back. I just, the thing that I, that I try to listen to is the players and the amount of the players that came forward and were like, this guy's just not doing it the right way. Uh, it, it made me like him less. I have to be honest. It made me like him less because um, I, I know I know Mahomes pretty well. And the thing that I've learned about Mahomes is people that are at that level of greatness, not only do they not worry about other things, they don't even know that they exist. Seamus, when you and I watched The Last Dance, we would probably message each other, man, Jordan is crazy. I can't imagine ever thinking like that. What a lunatic. He's a psycho. All those things. Patrick Mahomes watched that and he texted me and he goes, man, I really like MJ's mentality. It really speaks to me. Like, it's just a different level of execution. And so when, when, when I know that there are great champions that would never lead with ego, that would never lead with indifference or would ever go on the field and purposely do things just to disrespect or to just prove your head coach that you disagree with him. Like, I, I just don't think that's a quality that champions have. And, 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 you know, I maybe people can get upset and those things can happen, but at the quarterback position, it's just, it's just not a quality that I see amongst champions. And we have the two, the, the sports, maybe the two best quarterbacks to have ever played. I think Brady is the most, uh, uh, I think he is the goat. And I think Mahomes is the most talented player to ever play. And I, I just look at those guys in the Super Bowl and I go, I mean, shit, that's what we all want, you know? Yeah. Watching the playoffs this year, watching, you know, in the, the conference championship games, it was the first time. in I don't know if it was ever or X amount of years that the four quarterbacks starting were top five, were in the top five and passing touchdowns that season. Right. And watching those offenses, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, it just illustrated to me how far the Eagles are off from being a team like that and encapsulating the entire infrastructure of the franchise. I, it's funny because I, 
when I when I first really got into Jalen Hurts after the Saints game, and I was like really riding high, and and the Packers, Potter, uh, you you shot me. Not that I didn't think you wouldn't like him, but just the enthusiasm of it. I was like, wow, he's on the he's on the Hurts bandwagon too. Yeah, I just you start diving into what his makeup is, and you begin to realize like this is a guy that people were still thinking wasn't great because his freshman year of college, he wasn't throwing that well for him to, to have four losses in college to have succeeded in Alabama, taking them to a national championship in the next year, coming in off the bench and winning the national championship and then going to Oklahoma where he set all of these passing records and took them to the final four and was a Heisman finalist where the last two number one picks came. Like, think about that. Baker Mayfield goes to Oklahoma, number one pick. Kyler Murray goes to Oklahoma, number one pick. Jalen Hurts goes to Oklahoma and people go, meh, I don't believe it. And I'm like, it's the same coach, the same system, and he's putting up the same numbers. And they want to give the credit to C.D. Lamb, you know, but they didn't want to take any of the Kyler credit away when, when he had Hollywood Brown. So I just, for me, I, I look for a, like takes and opinions in the ether where people are, oh, no, he's just not that good. And they don't have fact. It's not rooted in observation. And I just felt like everybody was writing this guy off. And, and meanwhile, he gets drafted and then other teams come out and go, oh man, we really wanted him. And so I just, I put all that together and then I just, you know, like you watch the games and I went, I mean, this dude's catching balls off the bounce and throwing first downs on the run in a, in a do or die situation against a team fighting for a wild card berth. Jalen Hurts outdueled Kyler Murray. And then the next game we were like, ah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I know that I'm a little bit bullish more than most, but I, I just have a feeling that Jalen Hurts right now is grinding. And I think he has the talent. So uh, believe me, I have spent uh, thousands of dollars on his rookie cards because there's no better way to- You got to plug your card. On something. What's up? You got to plug your card Instagram and, and all of that. I have uh, Lefko cards. Uh, you have been kind enough to send me some, and I appreciate that. I still have them on my person. Um, but no, I went out and got a one-of-one one Jalen Hurts recently uh, because I I believe in him that much. And there's I can't I don't want to bet on the Eagles because that's not betting on Jalen Hurts. That's betting on the Eagles, and I don't have faith in the complete franchise like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's a bad bet. But for me, looking at Hurts, I just, I really think that there's something special there and maybe it's wishful thinking and that's definitely a possibility. And to be honest, what I'm doing right now feels very cathartic. It feels like therapy. And so I just thank you for listening. Uh, but I don't know. I just, he's, he's given me Russell Wilson vibes and I'm, I'm praying that it could become the case. Dude, he just has an energy to him that when he took the field, even in green Bay, and especially in that first start in the Saints game, the vibe watching the Eagles went from, you know, nail biting, oh my God, oh my God, what's someone's gonna do? What's he gonna do? Oh my God, he threw it over this guy's head, to all right, he's dropping back to pass. He's going through his reads, either hits a guy, maybe he's not there, tucks it, runs for a first down, does a quick slide, doesn't get hit. 
He did I tell you on, on your podcast team. what Craig Robertson said to me? Was that was that was that with you about the energy of so. the Eagles? It just yeah, it stayed so. with me. It stayed with me. The fact that he says we face the Eagles now four times in the last few years, twice with Wentz, once with Foles, and once with Hurts. And the two times that we faced them with Wentz, they didn't have any energy. And the times that we faced them with Foles and Hurts, it was like playing a different team. They were angry. They were motivated. And so again, I just, I ask your audience, I mean, what else do we need to hear? Again, I'm hoping for second chances and changes, but you saw it. I saw it. They were, they were a different team, man. Do you think they're going to give him a legitimate chance to win this job, whether oh, it's in yeah. camp, whether it's a trade oh, for, they trade Wentz somehow. I don't know what his value is, even if his contract could be comparable to Goff and almost be viewed as a negative asset in a way. Do you think they're going to give no, him a I, shot in I, camp? I think that they both get a shot. I, 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 I'm going to give the Eagles the benefit of the doubt um, because while I disagree with some of the moves that have been made, um, I do think Howie is a very smart guy. I do not think Jeffrey Lurie wants to meddle. And I do think that Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni and his staff are going to bust their ass to do it. But I also know that they are going to put the best person there to succeed. And so um, – I think that Carson Wentz had a big misstep also when, when he got benched, he kind of came out and leaked in the public. I'm not happy here because that's just, it's just not a thing that the quarterbacks do. Um, and so the day of the Cardinals game. Yeah. It's just, it's not well, a good leadership. Report. It, was, it was strange. It was strange. I mean, it could have been leaked from either, but it just, the, again, the way the vibe always feels good. The Eagles with never There was something the off there. The Eagles would never leak that. You never leak on the day of that another quarterback is playing. You never create drama for your own franchise. That, that, that only serves the one promise, uh, the the one uh, the one party, which is when so that websites like Bleacher Report put up top five uh, landing spots for Carson Wentz. Like that's the only reason you do that is to start drumming up interest um, for yourself because you can't. You could, they couldn't even trade. The trade deadline was passed. Um, so. I do. I think that they give both of these guys a chance to win because I think in Howie's MIT Sloan conference brain, he's going, the contract setup allows us to be creative. And could he be the most expensive backup in the NFL? Absolutely. But as I've said to you before, if there's one franchise that understands the value of a backup, it's the one that won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So um, I think, I think unlike other teams, they're willing to pay that amount because of Hertz's contract. You saw that in 2017 where they still had dead cap from Bradford's deal when he was traded the previous August or September, I should say. And they gave Foles a decent chunk to be back up. And then Wentz was still in the second year of his rookie contract. So it's been done. Right. Look, the, the Colts played, uh, paid uh, Jacoby Brissett 20 million to be a backup. You know what I mean? Like Teddy Bridgewater got 23 to be the starter at the Colts uh, to, to be the starter of the Panthers and Jacoby Brissett's getting 20 to, to just come in on, on occasional fourth downs for Phillip rivers. So hail Mary um, situations. Yeah. Hail Mary situation. So uh, it's, it's what you said earlier too, that if you don't have an elite quarterback, you're in this other realm where you have to make it work. 
the only situation in which I'm okay with Jalen Hurts not starting for the Eagles is if they're able to somehow come down with Deshaun Watson. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that's a thing because to I me, he's J- Deshaun Watson is a top three quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and so if, yeah. if we need to give up Wentz and Hurts for him, that's the only time that I'm okay doing it. I love it. Adam, now you're a busy guy, so I'll let you go. But thank you for coming on. Anything to plug? I love the, yeah. the Left Coast show. I love the I will Eagles plug. fans. It's basically an Eagles podcast in disguise. Yes, it's a national podcast, but it's Adam, huge Eagles fan, and then obviously Eagles legend, Brian Westbrook with him. It's a great listen. Yeah. I- just I don't even pod rotation with Pleading Green Nation. But they end up like we end up having like 25 minute segments about like the Eagles. Uh the one thing I would say is uh Tuesdays uh starting uh we're recording this on Monday tomorrow uh and and going for the next 13 weeks I got NBA on TNT Tuesday nights me Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, Candace Parker uh tomorrow night or when if you're listening to this uh tomorrow tonight uh, amazing first game, uh, Clippers Nets. Uh, the second and third teams most likely to win the Super Bowl according to uh, the the NBA championship according to Vegas. Uh, I can't wait. I'm I'm hoping we get some Sixers games. I am so obsessed with the Sixers right now. The fact that they were down and went on a 21 to two run against the game. Pacers in the fourth. I just I was sitting there texting with my friends, going, "This is a bizarro Sixers team." The Sixers in the years past would be winning for three quarters and then blow it all in the fourth quarter. Now they're down and I'm watching TJ McConnell laughing and all that. And then we roar back with Korkmaz. Like, I really hope I get to show some of my Sixers fandom. And I am so excited that if this Sixers team is for real, and I feel like they are because I just I have a lot of faith in Doc Rivers right now and just what he's bringing to this team and the leadership of Danny and Seth and, every, and how Embiid looks. If this is a real big Sixers year and I get to do some of their Tuesday games, that's just a dream come true for me. So, uh, so, so if you if your audience could check it out, I'd love it. Uh, if they want to take pictures of when I'm making a dumb face and tweet it at me, I love sharing pictures of me looking like an idiot. Uh, I just think it's fun. Uh, so, so check it out. Tuesday's TNT. Just to clarify, is it part of Inside the NBA? Is it before that? Is it uh, so Inside the NBA Thursdays? No, so Inside okay, the so NBA is Tuesday show. Okay. We are the Tuesday show. So it's like seven o'clock pregame. Then we come on because it's like usually a double header. Uh, then like yeah, a, 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 a in game between. in between, some halftime shows, and then like an hour and a half postgame show that goes to like one in the morning. So it, it really, it's just like inside the NBA on Tuesdays with, with our crew. We're pumped. Love it. Very excited to watch it. Hopefully now the Sixers have some games that are shifting time. I think they're getting, I don't, I don't think they necessarily call it flexed. And the NBA terms, but they are getting some additional prime time games as things go on with how well they're playing right now. So we'll have to watch out for that. Obviously, get some pro Embiid MVP talk in there. I'm going to stand so hard, dude. Love it. Hurts, Hurts and Embiid. That's all we need. That's all we need. Hurts and Embiid. Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, when make more money doing that than I do on the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> thanks for having me bro alright All right, thanks Adam Bleeding Green Nation 
from the bleachers, your host, Seamus. Thank you. Go Birds. Talk to you soon. G-G-N.